the Bank for Canadian Entrepreneurs is a proud partner of the Startup Women podcast. BDC is here for women entrepreneurs in their efforts to move forward and achieve their business goals. To meet their specific needs, BDC provides financing, strategic advice, and has a wide selection of free resources. Find out more at bdc.ca forward slash women. BDC is here for what's ahead. Scotiabank is proud to co-present the Startup Women podcast. Through the Scotiabank Women Initiative, Scotiabank aims to help advance women-led businesses with access to capital, education, and mentorship. To learn more, visit scotiabankwomeninitiative.com. You're listening to the Startup Women Podcast on the Startup Canada Podcast Network, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. On the Startup Women Podcast, we connect you with leading experts, entrepreneurs, and organizations that provide capital, mentorship, training, tools, and all of the support that you need to make your vision a reality faster. This podcast is a production of Startup Canada, Canada's entrepreneurship organization and is presented in partnership with the Business Development Bank of Canada and Scotiabank. I'm your host, Kayla Isabel, CEO at Startup Canada. Welcome to the show. We wanted to give a sensitivity warning for this episode. At 10 minutes and 35 seconds, we speak about the history of maternal health and how it intersects with racism. We know this may be hard to listen to for some listeners. If you'd like to skip that part, you can skip ahead to 11 minutes and 40 seconds. We are thrilled to have Dolma Tsondu on our show today. Dolma is the CEO and founder of Flutter Care Inc., a digital health company based in Vancouver whose technology promotes positive pregnancy experiences and outcomes. Her passions lie at the intersection of human rights and technology innovation. She is an alumni of UBC's Integrated Engineering Program and founded FlutterCare as an undergraduate student. During this time, she co-invented eight assisted technologies and was the sole recipient of the Engineers Canada Gold Medal Student Award in 2020. In addition to her role at FlutterCare, Dolma is a certified birth worker, a CEO activator, and she has been coaching women with intellectual disabilities for 10 years. Furthermore, in 2020, Dolma was announced as one of four winners of Startup Canada's SDG pitch competition. She enjoys being actively involved in her community and dreaming of new futures by the ocean. Oh, doesn't that sound nice? (laughs) Welcome to the show, Dolma. Thank you so much, Kayla. I'm really happy to be here. Fantastic. So let's dive right in. Uh, What is the most important thing that you want our audience to take away from our conversation today, Dolma? So I hope that what I will share today will help anyone listening to gain a little more confidence and courage to pursue what they love and care for. Hmm. We all need a little bit of a reminder of that these days, I think. So walk us on your journey from working as an engineer to founding FlutterCare. When did you really realize the world needed a digital health tool that promoted maternal and fetal health? Uh, So for me, there wasn't really an aha moment. Um, I think Realizing that the world needed a digital health tool to promote maternal and fetal health was really something that I was unknowingly learning over the course of my life. Um, I think people are often surprised to see that someone my age who hasn't experienced a pregnancy herself has founded a maternal health company. But I think what people often don't think about in that brief moment is that the health of a mother affects every member of her family very deeply. 
Um, and so really it was more so in the quiet moments of observing and listening to my mother that helped me to really internalize this need. Um, there tends to be a natural curiosity when you're younger to ask your parents about the day you were born. Uh, but for me, I learned quite quickly that it wasn't something that I should talk about um, because there was a very sudden shift in my mother's mood. Um, I think without really knowing the word for it at the time, I was learning to pick up on very obvious signs of trauma. Um, and my mother had actually experienced um, a serious hemorrhage while giving birth to me. Um, that nearly caused her to actually lose her, uh, nearly caused her to lose her life. Wow. Um, and and one of the main contributing factors was that she experienced undiagnosed gestational diabetes, mm. um, and she had also experienced a preterm birth with my sister. Um, and I, I think the surprising thing is that today the majority of pregnancy complications globally are are still preventable. Um, and I, I'm left wondering if if my mother's experiences could have been prevented if she had access to an at-home monitoring tool, um, such as what we're building at Flutter. Um, yeah, and, and I think overall, something that really stuck with me about um, how she would share her, her story was that um, she strongly believed that she didn't receive the care that she really needed, um, and that she also lost some of her autonomy in the delivery room. Mm. And, and I think ultimately studying engineering in school allowed me to gain the breadth of skills to help me see some of my ideas through to reality and, and collaborate with others to develop technologies um, that could help women like my mother to have a safer and, and more informed pregnancy uh, birth and, and postpartum experience. And, and so what does that actually look like using a tool like Flutter? Um, can you walk us through for, for our audience members who may be less familiar with the platform or the tool, what does this look like day to day using it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we're working on two different technologies. Um, the first is a, is a mobile application that can help to screen and monitor for pregnancy complications. And we do that by analyzing um, each individual's unique uh, mood, symptoms and experiences. Um, and the, the second is a wearable device that actually helps women to track their fetal movements during pregnancy. Um, and this is because fetal movements is one of the key indicators of, of a healthy pregnancy. Um, so being able to help them do that by creating a tool that can um, continuously track these movements for them throughout the day um, and identify their unique pattern of movements is essentially what we're trying to do. Incredible. And so Flutter is a, is a relatively new business starting in 2020. What are your hopes for scaling? Are you looking at sort of the international market and bringing this type of maternal and fetal health support across the world? Mm -hmm. So we'll be launching our mobile app in August. Um, and for our wearable device, we're continuing to get, gather user feedback um, and characterize some of our technologies. Mm -hmm. And yeah, definitely the, the long-term goal is for this to be something that can be um, shared globally. Um, and, and I think for us, it's been really important to gather a lot of input from our users, especially trying to hear from women who have experienced a pregnancy that is high risk or, or women who have generally experienced more anxiety. Uh, and that's because we believe that our technology will especially benefit these, these individuals. Mm. And so collectively, you know, this is something that we've we've seen a lot of innovations around supporting mothers, supporting, um, you know, their their journeys and specifically in health. There's a lot of space, I think, for, um, you know, a new emerging and disruptive businesses to sort of fill these these key gaps. What are you hearing from moms and from um, pregnant women in terms of improving birthing conditions? What are the key barriers that they have right now when they are going through? 
their journey as a, a new mom? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really great uh, question. Um, I think in general, in Canada, we're really fortunate to have a relatively robust healthcare system. Um, but the reality is, is that around the world, more than 800 women are dying every single day from preventable pregnancy complications, and, and many will also go unreported. Um, and it's said that for every woman that dies, there will also be 30 others who will experience acute or, or chronic morbidities. Um, wow. And, and so I think while the majority of these deaths are in developing countries, I think collectively as a nation, it's important for us to elevate the standard of maternity care globally. Um, and I also think it's important to recognize that even in countries like the US, which is one of the wealthiest countries in the world, um, they're currently facing a maternal health crisis. So essentially what we're doing at Flutter is is supporting the reproductive health journeys of, of women by trying to increase access to care through remote health monitoring, um, but also capturing important data that can help us to inform and improve care. Um, so our, our long-term goal is, is really to elevate the standard of care that women are receiving globally and equip them with the knowledge to become uh, strong advocates for their own health. And I can see, you know, systemic racism, socioeconomic inequalities, so many other variables can also play a role um, that prevent women from getting adequate care during pregnancy and even being taken seriously around, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, how they're feeling and concerns that they may have. Um, there are are really unfortunate, you know, stats and, and spaces um, that identify systemic racism as being a key um variable that impacts that pregnancy route. How is Flutter working to really improve those outcomes for specific women in those communities um, who are facing additional barriers because of race and and other challenges? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there's definitely a misconception that uh, systemic racism doesn't affect North American healthcare systems. Um, I think in Canada, we tend to separate ourselves a little bit from the U.S., but I think in the past few years, these parallel challenges have been coming have been becoming much more obvious and, and difficult for people to ignore. And I think the the rise in racist attacks even during this pandemic is just one example. Um, and really, to me, it's all connected. And I think that healthcare is really no exception. In the U.S., as I mentioned, they're they're facing a maternal mortality crisis, and and black mothers are dying at four times the rate of of white mothers. Mm-hmm. Um, and this isn't just about access to care; it's also about, as you mentioned, being heard and and being taken seriously. Um, and there's actually a quite a long and devastating history of racism in, in maternal health. Um, for example, if you were to go back to the 19th century, one of the pioneers of, of gynecology, um, James Marion Sims, um, he's essentially considered um, the father of gynecology. He actually had performed many of his tests on, on black slaves and, and only administered anesthesia to white patients. Um, and he tried to justify it by stating that he believed that black women don't feel pain. Um, and so you see this, this racist notion perpetuated in care, um, where the symptoms and experiences of, of women in color are undermined or, or dismissed. Um, so I think it's important for all of us to recognize this racist history that care was built on. Um, and really use it as a frame of reference to understand why we continue to see these disparities. Um, yeah, but but that said, I think 
we're also experiencing a, a great paradigm shift in healthcare where the, the increase in digital technologies is allowing patients to become more actively involved in their health journey. Um, and we're also able to collect and, and analyze more data points. Um, and there's a lot of power in this data because um, I think it could uncover um, new insights to questions that weren't being prioritized before. For us at FlutterCare, um, discrimination and quality of care that is received by minor minority groups is something that our, our company does care deeply about. And, mm. and we do believe that our technology would have the power to help us understand these issues. And how do you feel, you know, being in a fairly male-dominated space in health tech, um, but looking, you know, I, I couldn't help but sort of cringe a little bit, you know, the father of, the father of gynecology mm -hmm. when you're mentioning, um, you know, all of these different tools or devices being created by men for mm -hmm. women. How, it, it, how important do you think it is to have women really at the forefront of these conversations, um, looking at support for other women, looking at health tech innovations by women for women? Um, how do you feel about your role in that space and, and potential other um, male-dominated spaces that, that could support be better supported through women? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's really important. For me personally, I think it's given me a lot more purpose, especially with um, being someone with a background in technology, I think that's why working in this space um, is especially fulfilling. Um, and yeah, it, even if you look at some of the leading maternal health companies, um, majority of them are also led by men. So I think mm. that's also something that does set FlutterCare apart, um, mm. is that it is a, a company that has been founded by women. Um, and, and that's something that we're very proud of. Yeah, absolutely. And just makes sense. Makes good business sense to me. Uh, so during your time at the University of uh, British Columbia in the engineering program, you co-invented eight assisted technologies. What are those assisted technologies? Can you describe some of them to us? And why did you choose to really intersect te technology in maternal and fetal health um, through, the, through this tech? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, I completed a degree in integrated engineering at UBC, um, and it's a multidisciplinary program. So I actually ended up taking courses across nine different engineering disciplines, um, cool. which is wow. a great way to stretch my brain, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was also great because it was a very hands-on program um, that helped me to um, essentially come up with ideas and, and see them through to reality. I think that was something that was special about this program. Um, so in addition to, to Flutter, I did work on quite, quite a few different um, biomedical technologies, um, including two wearable devices um, in addition to Flutter. Um, and I also worked on, on two different projects that were related to pressure ulcer prevention for wheelchair users. Um, and it, it, I think what was cool about that was that um, one of them was a, more of a low-tech solution that that use the cyclic motion of the wheelchair wheels as actuators. Um, and the other was cool. a very high-tech version that I did a couple years later, um, which was essentially like an iteration of the first one, but this one was a fully autonomous device that was electrically powered. Um, so yeah, I think those, those were all great experiences that helped to kind of build up my skills to, to um, create Flutter. Um, but I think the common thread was that I was always compelled to work on technologies that would help underserved populations. Um, as And as I mentioned, I'm, I'm very um, fulfilled by my work in, in femtech. Um, and I think that's also why I was so drawn to it. I've, I've always been 
very passionate about women's rights and freedoms for pretty much as long as I've lived. Um, and I think pregnancy is a, a very special and unique experience, but it's also one of the most vulnerable periods of a woman's life. And so I think this desire to help protect and lift women during um, this really important time that could impact the rest of her and her family's life, combined with my, my passion for using technology as a force for good, I think that um, helped me choose to intersect technology with maternal fetal health. Incredible. Incredible. So last year, uh, you were announced as one of the winners of Startup Canada's SDG pitch competition. So for those of you who are not familiar with the SDGs, they are the UN's Sustainable Development Goals. Um, can you describe what this mean, what this really meant for you as an entrepreneur and how other founders can prioritize impact without compromising profitability? Can you be a successful for-profit entity while doing good in the world? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it was really an honor to even have the opportunity to pitch as a finalist. Um, and it was super inspiring to see the other companies that were also working towards the SDGs. Um, I think as a young entrepreneur winning this competition served as encouragement and motivation. Um, and it was also a great opportunity to bring the issues of global maternal health to a national stage. Mm. It was, it was a unique opportunity to showcase, um, how many of the SDGs are, are in connect, interconnected as well. Um, because while the obvious SDG for Flutter would be SDG 3, um, which is good health and well-being, I really loved taking on the challenge of creating a pitch for a company that was centered around how maternal health is also an issue of gender equality. Mm. Um, so I think conveying something that was less obvious um, in a way that could help people to understand and care um, was a great experience for me. Um, I actually, I actually remember in, in 2018 uh, during my co-op work term in Ottawa. Um, I had actually attended Startup Canada Day on the Hill. Oh, amazing! Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, it was like my first exposure to Startup Canada, actually. Mm. Um, and I, I watched some of the Canadian Expert Challenge pitches. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember just standing there and wondering to myself if I would ever be able to find the courage and, and composure to pitch um, my business on, on a national stage. Um, and so I think while this was a virtual competition, um, I think just proving to myself as a younger founder that people do care about what my company is building and that I am able to convey the message of my business to other people um, is something that I, I will continue to carry uh, with me. Um, yeah. Oh, and I just got chills. <laughs> I got all the chills. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Um, and in terms of prioritizing impact um, without compromising profitability, um, I think it always comes back to remembering your why and mm. and leading with integrity. Um, I, I'm trying to build a company that I would want to support my own mother, my sister, my friends, and, and maybe even myself one day. Um, and, and sometimes even just wanting to build a company to genuinely help people and not necessarily reach that billion dollar valuation, um, can be difficult for some people to understand. Um, but I think it's okay to have different personal motivations and, and not necessarily be striving for that. Um, and so for me, it's been important to surround myself with people and communities that are aligned with my values, um, and that includes 
finding value alignment within my own team, mm. um, because at the end of the day, it is going to be your team that is going to help to support you in, in making some of the difficult decisions. And I also think that sometimes you need to listen and, and trust your intuition um, about what feels right for you and your company um, and having confidence in those decisions knowing within yourself that you did what you believed was best um, and then allowing yourself to to learn from those experiences regardless of of what the outcome is. Mm, that's great advice. And I think many entrepreneurs, you know, sometimes take advice from those um, that may not be in, in the same space as them or from friends and family, and, and they can be very discouraged by get, getting so many different no's um, along the way. But if you really have that courage um, and you understand that you're, you're really solving, you know, a potentially global, globally, um, a global challenge, um, you can be much more confident in trying to scale that idea um, and make that impact because you you have that confidence that you're going to be making that difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. There's there's different ways of measuring success, essentially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And so, in terms of you know mentors, resources, are there any other spaces that you would recommend for young founders or founders looking to um, align to an SDG? Are there any other spaces that you would recommend our listeners tuning into to get some insights, advice, mentorship, all that good stuff? <laughs> I think actually, CEO has been mm-hmm. a really great community to be a part of. Um, and I think it's also because it's it's instilled in the community this value of of radical generosity, um, where you're giving to others for the greater good and and not necessarily expecting to receive something in return. Mm. Um, and I think that mentality can actually really shift and and transform. Um, entrepreneurship in a in a really great way. <laughs> mm-hmm. We are big, big fans of the CEO community. They are so incredible, and and their founder, uh, Vicky, is just a complete visionary. So we're we're definitely in alignment there. <laughs> so, any final takeaways from today's conversation, Dolma? We covered a lot of ground, um, but any any other advice you'd like to share with our listeners? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, for underrepresented and and impact driven founders. Um, I think we bring a, a perspective to innovation and entrepreneurship that can really challenge old systems and, and ways of doing things. Um, and I think while that can be difficult and, and maybe even frustrating at times, um, I think recognizing the power in those feelings and, and harnessing them to create um, lasting change in the world through what you build is is what's most important. And I think overall, it can be easy as an entrepreneur to get pulled in many directions um, or even to begin comparing yourself, um, which can potentially compromise the values of your company. Mm. And you may even start to experience pressures from other people. Um, and, and I think at the end, end of the day, it always comes back to creating something that people will love and, and really benefit from. Um, one of the greatest things that we hear from people who see what we're building is that um, it has been built with a lot of love and care. Um, and I think if you're going to offer something that's of immense value to people, it does take patience and understanding. Um, so I would just say to, to really focus on building your company with integrity, um, and choosing to prioritize the needs of the people you're serving. Mm, That's such a great takeaway. And speaking of care and sort of naming with, with Flutter Care, where did the name come from focusing on Flutter? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Many women will describe their fetal movements as feeling like flutters. Mm. Um, so that's that's where 
the word flutter came from. Amazing. And then rooted in care. I love it. So where can uh, our listeners follow along your journey? Um, where can they reach out if uh, they'd like to learn more about flutter care? Mm. Yeah, so you can follow us on social media at flutter care inc. Um, and yeah, definitely feel free to reach out to us at hello at fluttercare.com. Fabulous. Thank you so much, Dolma, for such a great conversation. It was such a, a pleasure to uh, get to know you at the SDG Pitch Competition and uh, Startup Canada. Can't wait to see where you go next. Thank you so much. Um, and thank you for hosting the competition as well. Um, really appreciate it. You bet. More to come on that. <laughs> Thanks, Dolma. Thank you. Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Women Podcast, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. Thank you to the Startup Canada production team, VDC, and Scotiabank for helping us to power women entrepreneurs. Visit startupcan.ca forward slash women to download the playbook Resources for Women Entrepreneurs with a comprehensive list of support for you and your business. And visit startupcan.ca for the latest episodes of the Startup Canada podcast hosted by Rick Spence and plug into the Startup Canada network. Until next time, I'm Kayla Isabel. It's time to choose to challenge the status quo and unleash the economic potential of women.